Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers, to our listeners on the radio and on our new podcast. Today we'll be getting an update on the fight against the COVID-19 virus here in our Erie County community and an assessment on whether we're seeing signs that the worst of this may finally be over. My guest today is Aaron Rennick, the new director of the Erie County Department of Health, really just officially confirmed to that position this week. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, so tell us a little bit before we get into where we are with COVID uh, about your background. You really have only been working at the Erie County Department of Health for the last year, but tell us what you were doing before that, how you got involved in working in the public health space. So my background is in community behavioral health. Um, I spent the last 15 years of my career um, working primarily in addictions treatment services, uh, focusing on individuals with co-occurring disorders. As a result of that, we get very used to working with community resources, uh, so it felt like public health was a natural fit with that background. So did you decide to take the move to the health department because the pandemic was going on and you thought maybe it was a good time to help? I did. I felt like my skill set would translate, and they were in the process of building a new division, which is why I originally came over to help support infrastructure within the public health department moving forward, as well as a number of duties within our COVID response uh, team. So uh, you really came to the county health department in the thick of it uh, regarding COVID-19. So tell us what it was like in those early days of the virus here in Erie County. And how did the health department team really have to sort of swell in size or work with the whole community? Uh, let's say first to try to educate the community about COVID-19 and prevent the spread, because that was job one initially. Mm -hmm. The health department initially, the response was all within their current staff. So we pulled a team in and went into a very different operating structure in order to meet the needs of the community. And the focus was really trying to wrap our heads around where, where do you start first? Because at that point, testing was just coming out and we were working on trying to make partnerships with individuals and companies in the community to help us do those things. Public health often is the hub um, for um, services like that in the community and that was being set up. And then as grant funding came in through the federal government and the CDC, it allowed the health department to really expand quite a bit and build out a complete COVID response team, which back in the earlier days included the restaurant mitigation visits when there were the requirements for plexiglass, masking, how many people could be in the buildings, as well as a, a, a very large contact tracing and disease investigation team. Um, we also did, we had a testing group, we have a vaccine group, and we have a health equity group that focuses a lot on education and outreach to all areas of the public. Yeah, so you talked about the movement from, you know, those first days into the, into the contact tracing piece of things, um, and then obviously helping to roll out the vaccine. But tell us about your role specifically. I mean, what exactly were you doing when things were at the, the worst? When I came in, um, we were trying to set up mobile testing capacity. So we had purchased uh, the mobile unit, which hadn't been out on the road yet. So we were really focused on trying to get to county areas or urban areas that didn't have as much access to testing. At that point, it wasn't as available at as many places. Uh, and we had rapid tests available. So we've always felt strongly that those are a good tool for telling if you're infectious at that moment and we're able to provide some education to the community about what the purpose of those are for. There's a lot of confusion between what a, what a rapid test does versus what a PCR test does. And we tried to work very hard with you <laughs> to keep educating yes. people on that, but it was surprising when Omicron really exploded here that people were still kind of confused about mm -hmm. that. So 
Let's move up to more contemporary moments here and talk about when the Omicron variant hit and the health department uh, realized how big the problem was coming. I mean, right after the holidays, we saw these huge lines for COVID-19 testing. And we had heard for a long time, we need more testing. Mm -hmm. But that was always a confusing message because you could test negative one day and be positive a couple mm -hmm. days later. So, I mean, in those early days, did tests give people a false sense of security? And then how important was this testing when Omicron hit? I think especially with Omicron, because it's so contagious and you become symptomatic so quickly that the rapid tests became a really great resource for people to tell immediately if you have enough virus in your system to be contagious to another person. So whether you're going to work or needed to make a decision about going to school, um, it's a quick way to tell. Um, but you're correct. The antigen tests are not as sensitive as PCR. So it is really important that if you test negative, but you know you have had an exposure to someone with COVID or you still have symptoms that you should get a test one to two days after that with this particular variant because you may have symptoms before you have enough virus in your system to show if you're infectious to others. You know, we all became um, mini experts in this, or at least we thought we did. But there are so many puzzling things about this as to why some people got Omicron in your family. You were around them and you didn't get it. Mm -hmm. So how long do you think in public health we'll be working on the puzzle of this to try to understand why it hits some people and not others? I think that is continuing to evolve. And the concern is, especially with Omicron, because there were so many people that got infected, those that were vaccinated, though vaccination still does impact um, how much you're likely to get severe disease or require hospitalization. So that continues to be the important reason to get vaccinated, especially to get boosted. Um, because it's so contagious, the more virus that is around it gives the virus more time to mutate and create more variants. And the concern is that the variants typically don't get more mild. It's trying to survive. So it's uh, the mutations form in a way that makes it different from other ones to continue its infection. So when people say, you know, my relative got it, but I never got it. My tests were all negative. Is it possible that they really did get it, but the success of their body fighting it or the success of the boosters that they had tamped it down enough that it never showed up in the test? I'm not sure if that's what's possible, but there are people that, it, and some people I think naturally quarantine within their own homes that you're not as close to people that are infected. And if you use good ventilation at home, it is possible that you won't get it even with someone at your house. So we're trying to also provide education to folks that, you know, air quality and ventilation are just another layer that you can use to prevent the spread of that. All right, last quick question in this first uh, segment of our show. Uh, what made you want to step in and take the, the lead role? And if you can say what broadly is your vision for the department? I had been functioning as a deputy director. I took that on late summer, early fall, and learned a lot about the health department in a very short period of time. And Having worked with new administration in county government, I felt comfortable that that would be a good working relationship and uh, just felt like it was a good fit. I knew everyone at the health department, they had expressed their support for me doing that work, which was important to me because I haven't been there that long. So um, it felt like the right time to give it a try. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the masking question. We're watching school districts around here unmask. There is also new CDC guidance about this. So are Erie County residents and schools making the right moves? We'll find out what our new director has to say when we come back.
Welcome back to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. My guest again is Aaron Rennick, the new director of the Erie County Department of Health. And we're getting to know Aaron a little bit and also getting an update on the status of COVID-19 here in Erie County. So to mask or not to mask, how important of a tool can you tell us has masking been throughout the pandemic? I mean, first everybody was into it. They were making masks and donating masks. And then it became some sort of a cultural battle. You can't make me wear a mask. So was it a good, good tool at certain points in time in this pandemic? And is it still? Yes, it is an incredibly valuable tool for fighting any airborne respiratory disease. And um, it is the single easiest thing we can do to protect other people and ourselves to avoid infection and spreading the disease. So obviously people notice us if they know us from being on TV. So when I'm in public, I'm always trying to do what I think I'm supposed to do. You know, I'll come into a restaurant with a mask on. I'll be like, like nobody else has a mask on mm -hmm. in here. Sometimes now even the servers. So is it the right time to do what we see school districts doing one by one here, deciding to make masks optional? I mean, we know that the spread here of the virus is certainly on the mm -hmm. decline in Erie County, but it's still moderate. So what's the health department's view on this moment? I think our view right now is if, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, um, we would always recommend that you do. There is still COVID-19 in our community and there is still probably higher levels than are showing up on our reports that are measured with testing outcomes because we know that there's a fair amount of home testing going on and those don't get reported into the state system, which is where our data comes from. So, and we also carefully monitor the wastewater data, which is a great tool for showing us trends that might happen with COVID-19. And right now we know that for the last three weeks, it has crept back up a little bit, not anywhere near where it was at the peak of Omicron, but we are keeping an eye on it as part of kind of our decision-making toolbox as we're talking to people about um, how they can feel safer in the community. So since kids were used to wearing masks to school, would you have advised districts to just stick with the masks until the end of the school year, or do you think they're doing the right thing? I think that they had a number of factors that weighed heavily into their decision and we work closely with the schools and, and we understand and we our messaging was that we, we understand that you're under pressure from a number of different places and we're happy to help support as best we can. So some uh, districts made their decision to do optional before the CDC's new guidance came out, but they did roll out new guidance very recently. So what exactly does that guidance say uh, regarding masks? masking and, and do you think it would be hard for schools to go back to imposing masking after they once give families this freedom? I think for for anything right now going back to a full-on mask mandate would be very difficult. Over the course of the pandemic um, there was a lot more resistance to it than you normally see in a public health crisis which honestly does not normally last for going on three years. So I think the scope of it, um, some of the political things that you mentioned and uh, people have very strong ideas about what schools should and should not be able to do with masks. Um, so the CDC's guidance, what, what did they really say? And, and was that anything different than what, I mean, obviously we, we know Governor Wolf lifted mm -hmm. it as a mandate a long time ago for schools here in our state. Um, but what exactly was the CDC saying in their latest guidance? And was that anything different than what you had been saying here in Erie County? The community metrics for the new CDC guidelines have changed, and that's how they're determining whether masks. So it went to a four-stage system to a three-stage system where you have a low, a moderate, and a high level. And they are really focused for these particular metrics on um, hospitalization information. So what is the hospital's capacity? How much burden do they have with COVID-19? And whether it's for COVID or with COVID, the hospital still has to take mitigation steps. It changes their staffing requirements. 
PPE for staff and their protocols, whether someone tests positive while they're there for something else or they come in for COVID-related issues. It also has to do with um, number of new cases, but they have changed it from 100 per 100,000 to 200 per 100,000. So their, their intention uh, per their reports is that they really want to, when cases are low, um, give people a break from masking because for many it has been uncomfortable, um, but they do encourage if you feel safer or if you're someone that has chronic disease or if you're someone that is immune compromised, has loved ones that are immune compromised, um, it is safer best practice to wear a good fitting mask. So if cases would surge again here, or if we would see another variant that went as wild as Omicron did, would we expect new guidance from the Erie County Health Department to say, hey, it's time to bring the masks back? Is that something that you would do? Or would it come from the state? Or would you wait for the CDC? How does that work? Normally the information comes from the CDC and then we find out from the state kind of what their recommendations are gonna be. Um, and then locally, we do have some wiggle room too, but typically we align with state and CDC guidance. But our job is always to provide all the education we can so that people can make good educated decisions for their for themselves and their family. Um, even if the guidance is that masks are optional, um, you can always opt to wear a mask and masks are readily available um, and testing continues to be a great tool right now. Yeah, because when those masks are removed at school, some of the kids that are taking off their masks are not vaccinated, mm -hmm. and some of the kids are, so that's an interesting situation. Well, when we come back, vaccines here in Erie County, what percentage of the population is vaccinated? Are people still getting vaccines and boosters, and should they? Stay with us. Welcome back to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. We're talking with Erin Rennick, new director of the Erie County Department of Health, getting an update on all things COVID-19 here in Erie County. So we've talked a little bit about it, but when Omicron variant hit here, as you said, we'll probably never really know how many cases of COVID-19 there were. And although hospitalizations really hit highs, was this proof that vaccines worked to keep most people's cases mild? Individuals that were unvaccinated do have a higher rate of hospitalization and severe disease when, when they are hospitalized. They require more intensive treatments and are often in the hospital longer as a result of that. Um, and also being boosted is really, really important. It gives your body that extra boost that raises your immunity to COVID-19. So even though you may get it, your risk for severe disease is lessened significantly, um, especially for folks that are fully vaccinated and then have had their booster. So we are encouraging people still um, to utilize the resources in the community to make sure that you're getting your booster if you're eligible to do that. Yeah, so some people who did get the Omicron variant had been vaccinated and did have their booster. So, I mean, does that make your messaging a little bit harder here? I mean, what do people think when they hear that? They feel like I did everything I was supposed mm -hmm. to do. Why did I still get it? Yeah, I think that's been complicated for a lot of people uh, and it is difficult, uh, but the messaging is that the vaccine with a booster really impacts how much medical care you may need. And in a hospital system that's overwhelmed, we know there's staffing shortages. We're trying to keep as many people out of the hospital as possible. There's also the risk for long COVID with infection, which for a lot of people can require hospitalization. And so getting a vaccination and a booster 
can help lower your risk for long COVID. Do you have any data on long COVID here in Erie County? I mean, we've been trying to do some stories mm -hmm. about this and find people because we hear anecdotal anecdotally that there are people, but we don't really know how large of a problem that is. And we're looking into seeing if we can get data on the same subject. We do um, talk to a lot of folks anecdotally that are um, having troubles with long COVID, um, but we haven't seen any hard data for our region. So you mentioned this already, but let's just dig in a little deeper. If people were hit hard by Omicron, got pretty sick, or their family did, and they weren't vaccinated what's the recommendation now should they feel confident that they have a lot of antibodies because they got sick or should they still get this series of vaccines and boosters and how long do you wait after you had a case of mm -hmm. covid to do that because i've heard some people say ride those antibodies for a little while since we know the vaccines wear off and so maybe wait three months and then start i i'm not sure what the wisdom is our messaging has been as long as you're over your period of symptoms and you are out of your isolation period, you are safe to get your back, start your vaccine course or get your booster if that's the case. The guidance is a little bit different if you've had treatment for it. So you should follow up with your, with your physician or give us a call at the health department for some of the newer um, treatments that are out there and we can help get you information. Um, but we are still strongly encouraging vaccines and Immunity to disease varies from person to person when you're naturally infected. So you don't know how long those are going to last specifically. So allowing your, and it doesn't necessarily protect against other variants. So if we have another variant come into Erie, even though we had a lot of people testing positive, it does not guarantee that you're going to have immunity to the next variant, whereas vaccination provides you a robust immune response to Two. most variants that are out there to some capacity. So uh, we had huge vaccine initiatives here in the early days when the vaccines were available with the hospital partners. So can you give us a sense? We used to be running data every day here mm -hmm. on the news. We're not doing that as much. But what percentage of Erie County residents are fully vaccinated? And is it still a goal of the health department to make those numbers go up? It is still a goal. We are in the high 60 percentile for people being vaccinated in this area, um, but only about 50% of people that are eligible for a booster have gotten theirs. So we're really encouraging people, especially folks that are immune compromised or have chronic health conditions, which includes obesity, if you're a current or former smoker, um, alcohol use, any kind of heart disease, which, I mean, we know a lot of people um, in our country have chronic disease to that capacity. So getting a booster really can help um, you avoid severe disease. So some people were afraid of getting the vaccine. They were afraid of side effects or blood clots or things they heard about. How slim um, is the percent of people who have any kind of adverse uh, reaction to the vaccine? It is a small percentage of people that have adverse reactions. And for most people, the risk of the severity of illness, if you get infected, is much more likely to happen than a side effect from a vaccine. So for most people, there's a cost-benefit analysis that they have to consider if they're trying to make that decision. Uh, I know you're regularly on calls with the State Department of Health mm -hmm. and also with the CDC. So you mentioned other variants. Is there anything on the horizon that we should be concerned about? Because we're kind of lulled into a good mm -hmm. place at the moment. There is a, um, a version of Omicron that is um, very prevalent in Europe and uh, in China currently. They're, they're battling, it's called the Omicron BA2. Uh, some people have heard it called Stealth Omicron, which we don't love, but that's what sometimes is uh, trendier to talk about. Um, we have had 
And we don't do sequencing here in Erie. Those samples go out to labs, but we're keeping a close eye out to see if we are seeing BA2 and if it's starting to trend or it might overtake Omicron BA1. Uh, and so far, are you so far we're okay? We're seeing a trend across the state that uh, cases have continued to plateau and go down and stay down. Um, we haven't seen increases in areas ramping up like we did with Omicron BA1, but it does have a lot of the same attributes as Omicron one. All right, we'll stay tuned on mm -hmm. that. Well, it is spring break and travel season. What's the health department's advice to protect yourself and your family when moving about the country? That's next. We're getting updates from Aaron Rennick, the new director of the Erie County Health Department on COVID-19. So many of us have been reluctant to travel uh, after the COVID-19 crisis. So for families going on spring break, perhaps to Florida or places where COVID policies and approaches may have been different than here in our region, what should they do on planes, in hotels, crowded venues? Should we still be wiping things down and wearing masks? I think looking at metrics uh, at where you're going to see what level of transmission is in that particular area is always good practice. Um, if you're in crowded venues where there's not a lot of ventilation, um, masking is always a good idea because it's airborne. This is an airborne respiratory disease virus can linger in the air. So in places where you're in more of an enclosed space um, and you're concerned about it, masking is always a way to avoid any kind of respiratory disease that might be lingering in the air. So do you still need bleach wipes to wipe down your surfaces or your tray table or your seat in the aircraft? Is that a good idea? In terms of COVID-19, airborne spread is the more contagious of it. Um, but certainly there are other diseases that could be lingering. So it's never a bad practice to do that. Um, but for COVID-19, really what's going on in the air, um, which can be prevented mostly through use of a mask is really important. Is it a good idea to test before you go or home test really best for when you have symptoms or know that you've been exposed? I think right now with cases being lower, I mean, home tests, if you have the capacity to use them, it's never a bad idea. There are still many cases of COVID that are asymptomatic that you wouldn't even know you have it. And then we're hopeful that those folks, if you test positive, would continue to follow isolation guidance and family members quarantine guidance because those still are in play. Um, it's still important to isolate if you have a positive case. Um, so it's not a bad idea to use a rapid test. If you, if you have them, we still have a number of free rapid testing clinics going on around in the community. Well, we're down to about the last minute here. So how should citizens view the Erie County Health Department as a resource? And how fortunate are we to have that department here in our county? I, I think we're very fortunate to have a local health department. We're one of 10, almost 11 health departments across the state. Um, the State Department of Health serves um, the remaining counties. So we offer a great educational resource. Um, we're here for support. We still get a lot of phone calls about what to do. And uh, it is helpful for a lot of people that are still very concerned about this. This is a virus that mutates quickly. And um, we're here to be a support and a resource for individuals in Erie. Well, we know the County Health Department will be on top of it. And again, congratulations on the new position. Thanks for being with us. And thank you for joining us here on The Insider. If you have an idea you'd like us to explore, just email me at l.adams at erienewsnow.com and join us again next time for The Insider. Mm -hmm.